Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. And one of the best ways to do that is to plant one's tongue firmly in one's cheek, just like our guest today, Michael Farquhar, is known to do. In fact, Michael's true talent is sharing his delightful take on, as he puts it, Highly entertaining, terribly unfortunate episodes throughout history, from the cringeworthy to the catastrophic. And in his previous, and in his, this is sequel to his previous hit, Bad Days in History, Michael has unearthed even more tales of even more bad days. In fact, his latest book is called More Bad Days in History, the delightfully dismal day-to-day saga of ignominy, idiocy, and incompetence continues. And since we boomers have enjoyed our own shared history of just a tad bit of ignominy and idiocy, this book is written for us. So welcome, Michael. I can't wait to find out more. Oh, thank you for having me on. What a treat. (laughs) Well, I have to say, and we did have a chance to talk a little bit before we went on air, and I've been gushing away, but I love this book. It is such a romp. And as the author, I mentioned before, but you must have been laughing out loud a bunch as you typed up this manuscript. You know what, Eileen, it's the, the fun part is actually finding the stories. Uh, you know, you could be researching something you, uh, you came across that it was, oh, this could be fun. And then you're, it's almost down a rabbit hole. You find all these other nuggets um, deep in the archives or deep in the, in the biography. A lot of times these great stories don't have an, uh, a place in a larger biography. Because, uh, you know, the biographer has to limit what he can write. So what I do is I synthesize these stories, find them and synthesize them, and have a great time writing and researching. It's, uh, it really is a romp uh, throughout time. And a lot of historical figures with egg on their faces and muck in their shoes, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a real pleasure for me to do. Well, you found the egg in the mud very well. Uh, that's a part, I mean, because like you said, I would think most biographers would eliminate these stories because they want, you know, I don't know, to create some some great figure in history, but not you. You're looking for them, and I just love them. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, I think it's so much fun to um, to know that history can be fun, that um, I think we're taught, uh, young to uh, get a distaste for it, maybe because it's the emphasis on dates or dry facts. Right. Um, but you know, history is really just human nature on a writ large, and uh, that's what makes it so interesting. I mean, the founding fathers we tend to we tend to treat as demigods enshrined in marble, when all they were really it was a bunch of squabbling uh, guys who didn't like each other very much, and yet look what they did. Stuck in that hot July courthouse, B.O. wafting, and they managed to forge a new nation. I think that's important uh, in terms of a larger picture of what can be gleaned from all this is that human beings are fragile and fallible, but also in the case of these guys can do great things or bad things. Well, and you, in addition to 
I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you because I'm so excited to talk to you, Michael. But in addition to yes, the, the so-called venerated, you know, forefathers of our country's history, uh, I want to quote here again from you. Your book is comprised of horribly behaved heroes, hot-headed sports stars, frosty spouses, squabbling generals, and disrespected royals, among other notable mess-ups. So you mentioned the Founding Fathers, but do you have any other favorite instigators of the weird and loony that you would like to well, share? Well, as, as all uh, baby boomers share in common, the Beatles, I mean, this is, how, this is the stretch of, of history from ancient Rome to uh, Beatlemania. But, you know, one of the interesting things that happened back in 1964, year of my birth, um, the Beatles' first concert in the United States was here in Washington, D.C. And it was, you know, it was crazy teenager scene. Um, but it's when they got to the British Embassy later that night that it really went nuts. Uh, the hoity-toity elite of D.C. were all invited, and they were clamoring after the Beatles like teenagers. And somebody took a pair of scissors to Ringo's hair and chopped it off <laughs> as a souvenir. And uh, I mean, the whole the whole scene was so disgusting to John Lennon, he just walked out and then wrote, "I'll cry instead." <laughs> it just gives you it gives you this book. Um, what is so awesome about it? I think because I have a short attention span. So if you're reading something from July first, uh, sixteen ninety two. The next day, you'll be possibly across the world uh, on July 7th, uh, 1993. I mean, it just it, it jumps all over time and place, uh, even though it's chrono chronological by day. Well, and that part I want to get into, too, because first off, uh, uncovering these just plum nuggets. I guess I missed my metaphors there. But anyway, they, that that had to have been something. But then to have them, you know, correlate with every day throughout the year, I thought that was remarkable. That must have taken some time and some effort on your part, Michael. It, you know, the main effort, Eileen, is, um, is winnowing down which one will win. Um, or lose, uh, depending on how you see it, for that day. I mean, you, I've, you know, there'll, there'll be days where I can have 10 really good stories, but <laughs> maybe one of them has to be excluded because the day before is on the same theme. Uh, you know, I don't want two sports days, sports history days in a row, for example. Not everybody's a sports fan, so, uh, you know, you don't want to bog anybody down with two days in a row of the same theme. Um, so that was the challenge. Um Finding these is not so much of a challenge as an adventure. Um, I mentioned earlier the rabbit hole you go down uh, researching one thing, and before you know it, you've, you've uncovered six other great nuggets. Um, and I just, I really, truly love it, and that's what I hope comes across in these pages. I mean, I may be making fun of them a little bit, but I'm also um, reveling in it in a, in a joy of history if that makes any sense. Well, it does. And two, I have to then throw in, 
your wording, your love of words is so obvious and so delightful. And I wanted to make a listing of my favorite titles, but I only got, I I only just touched the surface. I got January and February, and then I thought I could spend the whole time. But I have to mention these. Uh, January 24th, OJ's interview commercial, at least he wasn't selling gloves. I love that title. And then February 6th, if your boyfriend were Adolf Hitler, wouldn't you want a puppy? (laughs) And from February 14th, the eyesore tower, and that's when you mentioned that I'm quoting from you again, the Eiffel Tower, which even in the United States wouldn't countenance, is surely going to dishonor Paris. Yeah, man, they uh, they were really against uh, they were really against it. The uh, the intellectual elite of France, uh, they were appalled by it and um, made it very well known in a, in a newspaper, um, a joint newspaper article of the day. Um, you know, they were just, they trashed it. But I guess, you know, maybe if you're used to uh, one Paris and then this monstrous steel tower, uh, iron uh, tower arises, we might be appalled. Um, it just, it's fun to look back and see what people were thinking. Um, as it regards to architecture, it's, you know, it's interesting on another day, what were they thinking when they tore down Penn Station, this beautiful marble edifice to... Uh, tribute to transportation and now it's all underground like a rat hole uh with madison square garden sitting on top of it well that's maybe why the french turned to the united states as being not the arbiters of great taste of architectural taste or whatever but but anyway i just wanted to say too the titles are so much fun in and of themselves and then once you get into the piece, uh, which, uh, like you say, is, you know, delightfully, I think what is the longest one, maybe like three or four pages, but they're pretty much all really compact, really juicy nuggets of these wonderful tales that you've assigned a certain date to. Yeah, they are. Uh, thank you. They are definitely bite-sized. Um, they are for people who just like to read a little bit, and maybe if they enjoy that story, they want to read more about that topic. Um, I avoided doing just one sentences as much as I can, because I think it's important to put whatever uh, event of the day, bad event of the day, into some kind of context. <clears throat> so it it requires judicious uh, editing um, to keep it short and sweet yeah. and snappy, um, but not get not also have it lost without any a sense of time or place. So it's well, a challenge, talk about but it's snappy. again a fun challenge. Yeah, and sorry, talk about you snappy. You you have done that. That is for sure, Michael. Snappy is a real talent of yours. Well, gosh, thank you. <laughs> you are my best friend. <laughs> I well, I'm thrilled to be. I am thrilled to be because I'm your biggest fan, as I, I told you. But I do have to say too, this and uh, your, your list of earlier books. It seems that for quite a while you've had a fascination with history screw ups. How did this attraction, you know, come to you and kind of take over so much of your life? Because I find it fascinating. Um, I've always kind of loved uh, reading this kind of stuff. When I was a kid, you know, I got for Christmas one year the Book of Lists. Do you remember that that book? Um, and also uh, all sorts of uh, juicy historical stories um, put into lists by the Wallencheskis. They also did the People's Almanac. 
I would just devour that stuff. And so I knew uh, young that there was kind of a there was a different side to history. And I started writing history for the Washington Post. I would write stories that put the uh, current events into some kind of historical context or just have fun. Like we did a story on Mother's Day one year of history's meanest mothers. And people really seemed to enjoy them, and I really I liked researching them. I mean, you, anybody can sit there and go, you know, devoted mothers through time. Um, but that is kind of a snooze, you know. Let's face it, we all love our moms, or most of us love our moms. But this was, this was intended to say, if you have a beef with your mom, get over it. Let's check out these uh, these gals over time <laughs> abusing their kids. Oh my gosh, Michael! Well, I whatever that's however you, that's fascination was spawned with the, with the screw ups of history, uh, you have brought it to full fruition with this book, and I know your other books too. So I I hope that you continue having this obsession, if I might use that word, uh, because I think we are all the better for it. So I did want to say too, uh, we have all been through a rather difficult year, you know, with COVID and all that. So really, if if you want to lift your spirits, enjoy a great read, learn something, uh, and have a great time doing it, I have to say check out more Bad Days in History. And before we have to close, Michael, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share? Yeah, I would. I, in the context of the bad times that we've been having or the, or the bad day you may be having right now, um, all you've got to do is open these pages uh, to whatever bad, uh, whatever day is bothering you, and I'm going to guarantee you somebody's having it a lot worse. So it'll be it's definitely perspective on your woes. There you go. A great perspective on your woes filled with the dark and dastardly deeds and all sorts of uh, history's famous and most and funniest uh, you know, people around. And you brought them to life. So thank you, Michael. Thank you, Eileen. Gosh, this has been so much fun. And I really appreciate your your kindness and enthusiasm. Um, it sounds like you get me, and I, I do kind of love that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say, yes, I, I have I have a similar sense of humor. I do not have all the historical references you do, but I can certainly enjoy them. And this has been a delight for me, for me Michael, too. So thanks for your time. Thanks for sharing your amazing twist on history. And I urge all of you listeners out there, please check out more Bad Days in History, the delightfully dismal day-to-day saga of ignominy, idiocy, and incompetence continues. It is guaranteed to make you laugh, and you will also learn a little bit about history and human nature. So until next time, this is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, saying I'll catch you later. Bye-bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.